0: Hello, everybody.
1: Recording live from somewhere. Lord, all night, Sunday, Sunday.
0: Follow me, say hi, to the happening? You gotta get a studio. Yeah, really cool. like hey, you have a traveling studio. <laughs> just well. like me, get the studio <laughs> you can, going. You draw the whole box full of shit. Jesus okay. Christ. So here we are, this is episode two of the Bomb Diaries podcast, and it's part two of Joe Alanese's Bomb Diary here. Uh, Joe Alanese, veteran in the Bakersfield comedy game, and last episode, we discussed your very first bomb. Very first, yeah. So you were a hot shot right out of the gate, you won a comedy competition your first time ever doing stand-up, and then you were hot, spitting hot fire. For four to five?
1: For about four to five months. Four to five yeah.
0: straight months, which is crazy. Yeah, four if, to five
1: straight months of going up pretty regularly. I mean, like three to four times a week, if and not you were, more.
0: And you were new comic, what a new comic considers crushing, doing that for yeah. four to five months. So you were up on the mountaintop, and then your first bomb came crashing down in your casino gig that you explained in episode one. And at that point on the ride home, you said... You were feeling I will never do stand-up comedy, never
1: again. again. And that's the only—that's the only time I've ever felt that. That's the only time I've ever felt like I'm never doing this again. <laughs> and I—and I've had bombs that have happened after that, and have had life situations, just anything that's taken me out of like, okay, do I want to keep going? Yeah. But never have I had of just a reactionary like, I'm never doing yeah. it. It's like <laughs> it never and.
0: Like a serial killer, the first one's the worst one. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that's that's the only time I've ever felt like that, man. Like, there's, it it just sunk in, and the whole ride home, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this.
0: Well, we were talking off recording, and you you hadn't touched on it yet, but you mentioned you think there are three different kinds of bombings.
1: I think so. Okay, I think there's. I'm sure there's more than three. Like at least what I consider. But the three boxes you put them into. Yeah, the three boxes I put them into are like material bombing like you go to a you go to an open mic you go somewhere and your material is just not doing well
0: so it's just you mean part of the process bombing yeah like process part like i know this is coming but it's necessary
1: exactly like where you're not getting a lot of laughs and you do feel a little bit uncomfortable just because you're just so used to people laughing or at least getting some kind of reaction and even if you know it's new material it still hits you, well, like especially you're still in a like, small town still, scene, yeah,
0: where we're seeing the same people three to four times a week. And if you if people know you're good, everyone's looking at you to be. You're only as good as your last time, and everyone's looking at you to be good all the time. Exactly. So they you you're kind of you're in your own mind, and in probably their minds, you're on a bit of a pedestal. And then if you eat shit, you kind of feel like it takes away from that, and they look at you like, oh, yeah, it kind okay. of steals your shine. Like, yeah. oh,
1: look, oh, this scene didn't get a single laugh that whole time, um, and I think that you kinda of build things into your tool belt for situations like that. You have old stuff you know people are gonna laugh at. You surround it around you know, you put your new your new bit in between two things you know are gonna work. Your last
0: ninety seconds are gonna be okay.
1: Yeah, they're gonna be alright. You're gonna you're gonna be okay. But I that's still like your you know, process bombing or material bombing. You did something new and it didn't work and you bombed. So the material tracking. bombed. You're probably not gonna do it again or you're gonna go back to the to the drawing board and rethink the whole joke not necessarily try to develop it more like you would a kind of a successful joke where okay i got a little bit of a laugh and i'm gonna go ahead and try to develop that it's just uh, i'm not doing that (laughs) that's over (laughs) (laughs) so uh,
0: so bomb category one and joe alanese's bomb categories category one material bombing
1: material bombing um I would say the second category. I don't have names for these. I'm just making them up. We'll make them on the spot. Yeah, we'll just make them on the spot. Categorized. Categorized on the spot. Uh, Bombing at a show where you're doing your old material. You're doing Old Faithful. You know you're doing things that you know work. You know
0: this is good. You know it's good. So if it's not working, either you're having an off night or it's them.
1: Yeah, it's one. It's something. It could be like environmental. It could be a lot of things, but. For whatever reason, it's just not you're not. You're doing good old faithful material. You're on a show, so there's a little bit more of a uh, not necessarily an open mic kind of a feel where you are trying. Right. You're trying. You know, it's good. You know these things should work, and they're just not working. <laughs> um, but the one thing I will add to that, because category three, uh, the unnamed category three, is category two. You have other comics in the room who have seen you. Yes. Who know who can relate to you. So, like, when you're up there and it's just a tough show for everybody, you could look out, you could look at the comics and make eye contact and be like, okay, it's going to be a rough one for everybody. Like, everybody's going to – or just it's a rough one for me. And then hopefully you come off stage with something and you're like, okay, uh, it didn't go well for me, but you're going to want to, like, focus on these two people because they're giving you something and hopefully we could bring it
0: back. And you have those faces in the back that you can look at and you go, they're – they're comedy experts or at least connoisseurs and they think this stuff is funny because they've seen it work a dozen times yeah so you're it's a bit of a life vest
1: yeah you're you're dying with your friends essentially like (laughs) you you know they know that you're a good comic you know you're a good comic and you at least take some restitution in that like you're like okay i'm good like it's a rough night and I'll, i'll kind of see my way out of here I think category 3 is the worst. <laughs> and category 3 is when you're in a room, it's a show and there's no comics there. They're either outside or just you're there you know you're the only comic going up that night. Like you're opening up for a band or just something else where you're the only comic or no other comics in the room and it's a new it's a new audience and you are exactly what's going on in that moment what i mean by that is if you're not doing well and everybody's looking at you and you have 20 minutes you have to go through and you're at minute three and you're still you know you're bombing and you have nowhere to turn to and everybody believes that you're a really crappy comic and guess what you feel that because there's nothing else in the room that's going to tell you that you're not exactly there's no other comics there's nobody (laughs) looking at you like hey you got this let's just push through you are dying alone is what's going on. It's a hospice.
0: Category three is what this show is made for. Exactly. This, is, this is what we, whatever from, from C to comedy, shining C, whatever you consider your worst bombing or show category to be here we are.
1: Yeah. And I would say the first one, the first story I told about the casino thing, that's kind of a mixture of two and three where yeah. there was a comic in the room, but I had no idea who the comic was. And as far as I knew, I was the only person there that knew I wasn't terrible. Right. And I mean, yeah, like Jason Collins was in the back, but I didn't know that. So to me, I was alone up there, yeah. you know, and the only thing that actually got me through that 20 minutes of that first story was that there was somebody laughing in the back and it was the the other comic. And it's like we kind of give each other that like we're going to give each other those courtesy laughs that little bit of gas you need to get you through your set so well and it probably also makes you think if he
0: wasn't there you left so you left bomb number one of your comedy career saying i will never do stand up again but eventually you found your way back around if he wasn't there who knows what you would have felt like on that ride home maybe maybe you wouldn't have gone back
1: I don't think I would have gone back to that casino. That's for well, certainly sure. Certainly not that. Yeah, it's certainly not that. But I
0: mean, maybe, maybe it takes a lot longer for you to go back to no any it stage would've. at all. It yeah. would have.
1: I think, I I didn't take necessarily take a break. I I sat on it for a little bit though, mm-hmm. and I think, had he not been there, and gave me encouraging words that I didn't deserve, by the way, but right. it gave me a little bit to kind of push me over the hump, it could have been the difference between me going up. You know, two weeks from that and going up two months from that, three right. months from that. And yeah, it's just, it, it's good to have encouraging words <laughs> around you. It's nice when you're, it's a little bit nicer to bomb in front of comics. And the
0: fact that he told you that you were funny is such a big thing. That he told you it, that you have good stuff is enough for you to go, all right, well, I saw what he just did to the crowd and he thought I was good.
1: I, I think you could just see it. I think if you've been around... A little while I think if you watch a new comic and this happens pretty frequently but I'm sure it happens to you all the time at at Tumblr where you'll get somebody new and they're just so raw right but there's something right like there's something there and you're like okay but
0: a lot of people won't give you that so there are a lot of comics out there that when they saw you at that casino if they did see something in you they wouldn't take the step of telling you that you have something worthwhile he did a great service by pulling you aside and saying you are funny uh that something happened to me very early in stand-up i mm-hmm. think it was my it was the first time doing it when i was basically doing a bill maher impression i was yeah. at a comedy club in tulsa it was the Looney bin and it was an open mic where you have to do a lottery and all so i was only doing four minutes it was my first time doing basically that and i'm on stage and I'm telling there's maybe 25, 30 people in the, you know, 35 people in the crowd. It's one of those Tuesday come out free ticket and, you know, $2 beer nights. Just please come. And yeah, it's an so open it's- mic. Hopefully the open mics bring four people each and the room is somewhat full. Uh, so anyway, I'm telling my jokes and there's somebody just cracking up in the back of the room. Like, who is that? Like, I can't see. And I'm, I've never been on stage, so I can't adjust my eyes to the light yet to spot people out in the back. And I just hear someone dying, and I realize it's the headliner. It's this guy who, who lives in Valencia, I believe. His name's Todd Rex. He opens for Bill Burr quite a bit. Uh, if you listen to the Bill Burr podcast, he's the one that said "Give me the keys at the hotel." You know that guy? Oh, I do. That's Todd Rex. That's the first person I did stand up in front of, and he was laughing his ass off in the back of the room, not because what I was saying is extremely funny, because he was being a being a good buddy and a, like and a good like to help the young guy out. Yeah,
1: you know, you know, the other comic needs it. And he got up
0: on stage after us. All of us open micers, eight shit, eight of us. And he got up and said, "Hey, you know, he wrote us all down by name. And he's like, hey, you know, give it up for everybody. Blank, 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 Chris flail blank. And it, I remember that meaning a whole lot because I didn't know any better. I was naive to it. But for a good six months to a year, I would go, man, that guy's a national headliner. He thought I was funny. It wasn't until I know people started relying on me as a life vest to laugh for them that I realized what he was doing.
1: Yeah, you just, you have to... You have to give it back to people, That's right? There's
0: very generous people. Not a, not a ton of people do that, but because I've had the other way, I make it a point and I know you do too that when you see something you go up and you let people
1: know. Even if and I do the same thing where even if I I'm not a laugh out loud audience member. Yeah. Um I don't I think most comics probably aren't. No. Unless it's a courtesy laugh. Um we like I like to look out you know, listen to what they're actually writing and then look at what they're actually doing to accompany the writing. And I may not laugh out loud, but when the comic comes off, I'm going to be like, I really liked this and I like this. And I really liked how you did this with your hands when you said this, um, so that they take something away other than like, Oh man, like nobody laughed because that's going to happen. And especially in a room full of comics, sometimes, especially in a, in a room full of open mic comics where there is a, uh, everybody's in the same boat kind of a thing and you know it's not a headliner that's coming in for the weekend that's going to make everybody feel good and then take off out of town exactly these are people you have to see all the time so all the time
0: you eat shit everybody sees it yeah and
1: i would hope that most of the comics can look at another comic and be like okay that's right. maybe i'm quick Uh, to call them a comic but i mean look at a person's material and be like okay like that's they have something yeah and i'm gonna let them know that they have something so that they don't feel like nothing
0: right and that's all i'll go up to somebody and say keep coming back because that's the one thing that's what it takes to get good is to just keep coming back and sometimes it like that's all you need is for someone who's been doing it a while to say you're doing a good job you should do this for a while and see where it goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I know you're really good about that. I've seen you at the open we, mics. And
0: we have to we have to be. You, and you especially because you know how much it means and you've seen other towns where it's a revolving door and everyone's kind of abrasive towards each other or or standoffish or or whatever it is or, or cold when you go to Los Angeles, people are like a lot of the open mics people are cold to each other where I started the first time I ever did stand-up comedy was in Pittsburgh it was just a one-night thing almost like a like I, I had to work myself up to doing it and then I didn't do it again for six months but the comics that were in that room were very standoffish to me and I remember how uncomfortable I felt and I didn't touch a mic again for six months so I, it was in uh, that was in August of 2013 I didn't touch a microphone again until february 2014 because it was just you felt alone
1: yeah you've i think i think getting somebody to say hey this was good or like do this or hey come out more yeah that's a difference between you getting your getting in your car and thinking okay i did that like i did comedy like that's fine i always wanted to do it and when you actually have somebody that reaches out to you and tells you hey you're you know this you're doing good with this you should come back then that person is getting in the car and thinking what else can i say right what what you know can i do this can i i need to write about this that happened at work or this that happened with my girlfriend or you know it's just it gets them already thinking about coming back and being on stage like what am i going to do next and,
0: and in our town our little scene it's like not only did i get up and do that but one of the people who seems pretty comfortable doing it said i did a good job and should come back and i think i made 22 friends so I'm gonna come back for that too. Yeah. That's it's actually just fun to hang out.
1: Yeah, because they're more
0: fun than my friends, and they like they want me to come around again.
1: the dr- The group is a, is a the scene. I'll say any. I'm sure any scene I, I would hope is always a big draw. Right. It's like you you meet people who have the same sense of humor as you, who have the same. Uh, most of the time, they're extroverted. I wouldn't say every time, but most of the time, extroverted people. Uh, but just gen- people who are just a little bit more open-minded, right. who are, you know, you have something in common, you share this one thing that you love or you like to do or you're trying to do. Um, because you're going to, I think with any group, you're going to find three to four 3 to 4 people who are trying it, four to five people who are doing it, and, you know, a few more people who yeah are in love with it.
0: And you're in on the show. Like, I'll never forget the first time i did a show show like not the comedy club but the first time i was booked on a sh- booked on a show yeah somebody asked me someone you. asked me to do the show and it was it was a rocket shop show i think or maybe it was the nile or or somewhere like that and i was it it was probably a rocket shop and i was looking at a crowd of 60 or 70 people who are sitting there and you know the buzz before a show and everyone's getting seated and they're all kind of excitedly talking to each other and they're facing the stage and the lights are on and I'm standing in the back of the room and I'll never forget feeling I'm looking at them and going I'm the show they're all in a buzz right now to figure out what's about to happen and I know I know everything that they're about to get and they don't yeah and and, You're behind and the curtain. I'm part of the th- I'm part of what's bringing that to them they're 80 people came out to get some kind of a show and they're wondering what they're going to see. I know what they're about to see and I'm part of it. And that's such a cool and the other part is at Rocket Shop. It's like uh I'm a big I'm a big mob movie guy. It's like in Goodfellas when Henry Hill takes Karen through the restaurant. You go through the kitchen and you're talking to everybody. You know, "Hey, how are you? You know, don't you two work?" <laughs> and she's looking and I'm like, "How do you like this is your that's how we are in Rocket. Yeah. it's it's a it's a place where people fly in from the coast just to eat breakfast and shit. It's it's on a weird street, but it's a really cool spot. And we walk in there, and I feel more comfortable there than I do in this apartment that we're sitting in most of the time. Like it's it feels like our place. And that you room go is to magic. Yeah, and you go to like you go I go to Tembler and I I know there's thousands of people that go there, and it's their break from work, or it's their night off, or it's where they celebrate their engagement or graduation or whatever we walk in and we're we're home we're like yeah. this hybrid between staff and, and yeah you
1: moonlighter you i i definitely feel probably more so at timber than rocket shop is like you we are like you are a part of the staff yeah. and what you are an extension of them everybody's very courteous yeah. i mean all the comics i mean everybody puts away the tables they put away the chairs at the end of the night they yeah. help set up like it's we're a very low-maintenance group, right. considering, you know, we don't need yeah. a van full of stuff for the aviators. <laughs> cowbells. yeah, <laughs> we just, you know, we could set up in 15 minutes and be gone in 10. And I think that more so at, at Timbler, I feel like that, just because Rocket Shop, we're there on a night where they're it's essentially only open for, for, for comedy, which is... Um, a testament to that place. Sure. Because... Oh, they've been so good to us. That place is... Um,
0: I always say, it's the one place we need. It's the one place we need, no matter what happens to it. If this scene's gonna hum, we gotta have that spot.
1: Yeah, it's... To me, Rocket Shop is the... It's the best thing to happen to comedy here locally. Yeah. That That's beyond uh, any particular person being good or anything
0: like just to give you an idea again i'm coming up on five years of doing this we've been at rocket shop for uh, four i don't think i have one bomb diary story from rocket shop
1: i think all the rockets the the things that happen at rocket shop are like that's like truly behind the curtain stuff that's like this comic got in a fight or almost got in a fight with this comic or this comic cut the mic a little, you know, it's like things like that. It's like, like, like chop shop stuff. It's not necessarily bombing. It's not like the the comedy's always good. The people right. are always good. Um, that's where you get into the real minutia of what, what comedy is. And you're, you know, it's people complaining about who's running the music and yeah. what happens. Like, it's like that, that small stuff, but it's, it's such a great place, man. And I honestly think that that's that rocket shop uh the harmons i think that's you know them being on board mike Harmon being on board with what we do uh and really embracing us despite the fact that really we come from such different yeah. world views you know most of the people inside of that i mean yeah. m- and on any given night if you want to catch a fight you just have to go out to the rocket shop uh little smoking area and you'll see mike Harmon yelling at all the comics about something <laughs> and it's like he does we don't have a lot in common in terms of like political views there's like it's just a, a strange place but it's such a it's well, it's unique. but that's where
0: and that's where real ideas now their their debates drive me crazy i walk away from them every time
1: yeah because they uh, happen every week however it's, the same
0: thing. it's it is the one space where people can just speak freely like when like most of us are are kind of liberal snowflakey whatever i don't care but whatever and and mike is very different but one of the most fun times i had was the open mic that we had right after the election where donald trump won and mike went up at the end of the night to give us our medicine and to tell us why we lost like why why he won yeah because uh, you know if you're i just don't pay attention to politics but if you're, we got some guys in the group that are vigilant, you know, on yeah. the left side, and I'm, so they probably were were blindsided by it. Well, Mike got up and and gave us a good explanation of it, so it was fun. But anyway, that goes back to the community aspect of what draws you to a scene is you don't notice it until you see just a regular patron watch you walk in and you talk to the owner and you talk to the manager and you're going back and forth with the bartender and the waitress just brings out your drink and food and didn't ask you what you ordered and you watch them look at you and go like who the fuck is this guy and and to be part of that you can't do anything else to be part of that if you you know if you I can't start a stamp collection and be part of it I can't game night's not going to do it this thing does it and it's and those little social things are enough to keep you in the group alone. Yeah. But not every scene has that. Yeah. So you, after your first bomb... I,
1: you I didn't have anywhere to turn. You hard. had a little
0: beacon of light, which was the guy who laughed, but now he's disappeared.
1: Yeah, now he's gone, and it's me, and he, I'm still going to go out and still it took me probably a week and a half before i went back to mic to even an open mic to even an open mic and i just your your my confidence wasn't what it was before because it was like okay
0: when you went to the open mic it wasn't as good it wasn't as good no okay. i
1: just felt like i had to re-earn everything right. over again and, and it's dumb to say because i'd only been doing it for four or five months right. but what i what i mean by that is like i had to refocus and be like okay I can't do brand new material every single time I go up and think it's going to kill and I can't not write and just write, you know, two words down on a paper and and kind of write while I'm on stage. Yeah. And I and I have to do things where I'm uncomfortable. I think I I definitely felt like that situation, the environment got the best of me. And I felt like I need to be in more situations like that hmm. so that I can actually fight through situations like that.
0: That's a good constructive way to look at it because what I would, what I would think at, at first blush would be that it would make you apprehensive of, and, and make you gun shy of like, well, for four or five months that didn't happen at all so I didn't know it could happen. And then it happened and now I know at any time it can happen. It can happen. So I'm just going to get a simple low-hanging act, play the hits... And if I ever get in trouble, I'm just gonna go to those patented things and good night
1: well, even then I didn't have i mean at four or five months, you don't have hits you don't right have like hits. you don't have hits yeah, you have right. you have a demos you have all your you have all your <laughs> demos in the back of your trunk and you're you're yeah. trying to find your trying to find which hook works best for you, so I didn't have hits like I never had that in the tool belt. The only thing I had was that i I was in easy situations, so I thought I was better than I was, and that's really the only. And that wasn't something I worked for. I just, I just happen to be at really good spots and have been really, you know, helped by the fact that I am probably a likable comic. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't. By the know. way,
0: I don't mean to digress, but that reminded me of one of my favorite things that we get to do is, at least in this town, some grizzled vets is. Do you also enjoy as much as I do when you get to go to a new comic, newer comic and and point out to them the first time that they find a bit that's really good? because yeah. they're swing- they're just swinging in the dark for one to two to three to four to six to eight to fourteen months or whatever, however long it takes, and then they get something and they don't necess- it works. sometimes their bits work, sometimes their bits don't. So they probably don't even know if it's good, but they hit something, and you—that's good, and it worked. And you get to pull them aside and go, "Hey, th- that's a that bit you have. You have five solid minutes right. That's it. That's a good bit. You can keep, keep that. working on that because that's a put that in your pocket. I just got to do that to somebody two or three weeks ago. Is like the, the very new." And had a joke or two or three, that w- but hadn't really pieced it together. And sometimes they'd hit and sometimes they weren't. And then they came across the bit of not only is it a good bit, but I think that's going to be who you are as you write future yeah, bits. This and it's is, like, I feel like the light might
1: have turned this on. This is like stay in that lane for a little bit. Get comfortable yeah. there. And then, you know, if you are going to expand from there, at least so, you yeah. have something. It's, I think for me, one of my favorite things is when a comic proves me wrong okay and what i mean by that is they do something and i'm like i don't know why they keep doing that right (laughs) like they keep doing it and they keep doing it and they keep doing it and i realize that as they do it a little bit more and more that it's changing a little bit like not a lot but a little bit like enough and then it gets to the point where it's a full-on bit and i'm like you you got me yeah like i did not think that was gonna work and you added all of these things and now it's a, now it's a bit and it's a bit that you should be really proud of Right. and something that, like, I, I, not necessarily in awe of, but I mean, I, I, I but respect it. And I'm like, I like that. Yeah. Like, I like being able to see people kind of put their bits together, like, bit by bit.
0: Well, it's impressive to prove you wrong because it's not your first rodeo. Yeah. You've seen a <laughs> lot of comedy. I've and seen, you've seen a lot. Yeah. So you could usually tell pretty quickly if it's going to be a disaster. And then if someone flips it, that is cool. Well,
1: it's, uh, to me, it's always normally people who I don't, we don't have like a, we don't write the same, we don't perform the same. We, would probably be good on a, on a show together. And what I mean by that is we, two we do two different brands of comedy. Um, because when I search, you know, when I'm looking through their drawer and looking at their act, I don't know what to look for always. Right. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily, I'm looking for things I would do. And when they do it in, you know, keeping in their drawer, keeping in their lane and they find those pieces, those nuggets of gold and it actually comes together. I'm like, okay, like that, that's your brand you got it and you wrote that out and it's amazing now and i don't know i i enjoy the progressions of acts yeah. and even um the one that did it to me i think i talked about it a little bit on landon's podcast john hacker's talking about with sea otters the sea otters <laughs> no, act yeah and yeah the first I, time he that told is... that i was like that is the stupidest joke right. i don't understand why he's doing it uh,
0: well then yeah because those things like that they start off as a sea otter a dirty sea otter joke and it's and but then after a couple of weeks it becomes a poking at, at goofy scientists yeah and bit.
1: he did he started like swaying like he's on a boat so he started adding like all this physical stuff right and i even think he even did a callback at some point to it I, and i could be wrong about that but it's like okay, like that. That came together, yeah. like that. You made it happen, like <laughs> yeah. they, you know. You took what I thought was you know low grade ground beef, and you made a pretty decent burger with it. That's like right. You did something good. Yeah. Uh, so it's stuff like that. Like I enjoy going out of my way, and I, I, I might have told Hacker, but I'll go out of my way and say, hey, man, like that. Yeah. You turned that into something good.
0: Yeah. So sorry to sorry to take you off track there, but you you're at open you week and a half later, you go back to open mics. Confidence isn't what it was, but you're still in the game.
1: The, the, what it did is it, it corrected my confidence to where it is now. Where what I mean by that is I never go into a room and think I'm going to kill it. It I gave never, you your
0: lunch pail. Yeah,
1: it was like, okay, here you go. You're on even ground with everybody here. Um, write, perform. Yeah. Try to be funny. So you went from trying to just connect.
0: Gonna, I'll just shake off some stardust on the crowd to time to punch a clock and go yeah
1: I didn't know what it took to be a funny comic right I didn't know I, to me it was just like you just go up and you tell jokes and that's it and I almost in a lot of ways did a lot of things that I think now I consider a little bit disrespectful where it's like I'm doing new jokes every single time I'm doing a new 10 minutes every single time and yeah. I'm not writing it out and I'm just you know, not necess- not even not writing it out. Like, I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah. It's just like, hey, you know what's funny? The fair. I'm going to talk about the fair. And that's going to give me four minutes, and then I'll do this, and that's right. going to be three minutes. And I don't know how I'm going to fill that time. And people are paying to come into a show, and I have nothing. Mm. Like, I mean, in, in my head, I had everything. Like, I had it all <laughs> together. didn't matter. I was just going to go up there, sprinkle some dust, and everybody was going to have a good time. And it really taught me like, okay, there's respect, you know, the fact that like Jason Collins drove up from Los Angeles and this is his livelihood. Right. And you know, he takes it very serious and I'm going up there with like three things written on a notepad, (laughs) you know, one of them's like Lady Gaga milk and whatever. And I'm going to try to make that work and open for a guy who probably blindly just accepted an opener and probably didn't even want one. Um, but what it did is it just, it taught me, man, that you have to, you have to be ready, like, for anything. And confidence-wise, y- there's going to be nights that you're, you know, the best, the best comic in the room, and you're not that funny. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be times you're the worst comic in the room, and you're not that bad. Yeah. Like, it's all, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. It's true. And so that's what it did. It just gave me perspective, I think, that, that particular bomb. The first one, first class three The the very
0: first bomb. So now you're back in the game a week and a half later. But the first bomb you told, uh, you said, was one of two in your history of doing comedy that shook you. So you get back in the game a week and a half after the first bomb. When is the second bomb? The
1: second bomb. It happens about a month later. So I went from not (laughs) having one for five to six months to having two almost back to back. (laughs) And it was my la- it was my next show. And what I mean by that, it wasn't the next time I got on stage. It wasn't the next time I told jokes. It was the next time that people were Wait. paying to come to a show.
0: So, all right. So you won the competition and you did a bunch of open mics. And then was the casino show the first show you were booked on?
1: No, it wasn't the first show I was booked on, okay. but it was the first like... I have to. Tr- I have to travel more than twenty minutes to do this. Was um, this
0: second bombing also a travel twenty minutes?
1: It was. It was a travel home. So I was living in Fresno at the time, and so I, had a, I was doing a show here at home. So,
0: whoa! Oh, okay. And so 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 your first two like, bombs are the first two times you've traveled outside of Fresno. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like maybe this just works in my corner. I don't know. <laughs> so you think
0: every time I leave home. I'm going to get oh, this yeah. shit kicked out I'm of just going to live here. Okay.
1: I'm going to start a, a whole new life here in Fresno. So this is a month after the casino. It's a month after, and it's the next paid show, um, marketed show where people are passing out flyers. Uh, in, okay. you know I'm inviting people on MySpace or whatever is going on at the time.
0: Is this 2000? It's like 2009. Yeah, okay. so
1: 2009, so early 2009 is what I want to say.
0: To give you an idea, I was graduating out of my undergrad in Kutztown, Pennsylvania adjacent to kind of Amish country and this would be this would be 5 years before I step on stage I comedy's not even a It's not even a thing There was a guy who was in my dorm who was doing stand-up comedy and I remember thinking
1: like whoa that's whoa Oh he's unique But that
0: never crossed my mind that I could def- I, I nothing I remember thinking like how do he do that? But I never brought me to ask him Nothing. Yeah. So 2009.
1: 2009. Uh, next paid show. In and Bakersfield. It's in Bakersfield. It's where we truck, are now. Where we are now. And what venue? It's the Nile Theater. <laughs> and you know the Nile Theater. Oh, yes, I and do. And it's the first time I've ever done comedy at the Nile Theater. And the Nile Theater is what formerly was a movie theater, a two-screen uh-huh. movie theater that got turned into a nightclub in when i say nightclub i mean this place was built to dance like there's there is a stage it's about 15 feet in the air and the place is huge it Mm. can easily hold about probably 1500 people Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it is huge it's a huge it can easily you know be a 1500 seat theater it could be it could be (laughs) how many Um,
0: people did it normally hold
1: um not nowhere no, nowhere nowhere Us. near that yeah at least for comedy nights yeah. the comedy nights i've been there but it's the first time i am going out to the Nile theater and,
0: and it, by the way looks beautiful from the outside like this nice oh, little yeah. walk up so you think and when you walk in you're you know you're showing up before the crowd whatever crowd shows up so when you show up and you see it you go oh my god i've made it i'm doing a theater it's show. vintage yeah
1: it's, it looks vintage and uh Calling back to the first podcast where where we talked about the Rocktoberfest thing, where I said, yeah, I could see that that was going to be a bad situation from a mile out. It's going through situations like this that made me (laughs) that made me be able to whiff that out. Mm -hmm. It's the casino, right? That sounds like it's nice and flashy. The Nile sounds nice and flashy, just like Rocktoberfest sounded nice and flashy. Anything you should get excited about, don't. (laughs) Just just lower your expectations. That's so true. But still, I'm still I'm newer. I'm still I'm new. I'm not newer. I am new still. And it's the first show where I invited people out here locally, like where people knew I was doing stand up comedy. But it's the first time I was like, hey, I'm doing stand up comedy and I'm going to be doing stand up comedy in town like you can actually come to a show. Right. And watch me. And this is how great I am. I'm actually performing at the Nile Theater. <laughs> like it's So I'm thinking.
0: No big deal, guys. Yeah, no
1: big deal, guys. It's just the Nile Theater. Um, and literally, it was no big deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, deal. <laughs> no, deal, deal no deal. No deal at all. Deal or no deal, no deal. The place is huge. I, I come in. Actually, I take that back. That was around September. And the reason why I know that is because I wrote a, a, a bit about the fair. And that's typically about when the fair kind of happens around here. And the Kern County Fair. And
0: you, uh, for all you listeners, you are listening to two uh, experienced Kern County Fair food judges. We'll talk, we can talk about that uh, uh, later.
1: um, (laughs) It's like, I invite family out. It's the first time I invited family out because, you know, in Fresno, nobody's going to show up to a open mic thing you're going to or at (laughs) the casino the casino was a last minute gig so it's not like people are going to come up and you know drop everything to go see you do 20 minutes at a casino and i remember inviting my friends and one of my friends told me that she was going to be coming and she told me that she was going to be taking a date and i was like okay cool you know whatever um but it's a friend who i was trying to impress for for quite some time and is this
0: a friend that we talked about on our former podcast no no no
1: so this is a whole okay good a whole new friend um but she was she was going on a date out there did she know
0: you were into her
1: you know i wouldn't i i can't say i was into her okay but she was a friend and i always like what you know what she thought of me mattered to me like it was like one of those like just like a deep friendship not necessarily like a okay like a sexual thing or anything it was just like yeah it's like uh You know, if you have a it's like like if it were a guy, it'd be like if I invite like you out to a comedy thing and it's like they know like I'm inviting you out. So it's going to be like it's going to be good. You know, like there's just like another level of like, okay. So um, this was just an actual friend. Yeah, it was just an actual friend. Gotcha. And she invited all her family out. So it was a date, but she she had like her dad there. Her dad had a date. It was like a couple like a date like a multiple date night kind of a thing, couples date night. And they show up and they show up early. And the Nile is a huge place. And mm-hmm. if you don't have that place packed to the brim for something like comedy, for something like magic, for anything where you actually need people's mm-hmm. attention, um, it's, it's going to be brutal. Right. You can't get away in a venue like what, the Nile was you can't get away with having a hundred people there you put a hundred people inside a rocket shop you put a hundred people um kind of coordinated correctly at Tumblr and you have a good show Mm -hmm. and you have the potential to actually you know have a good time every you know every comic's gonna do well if they're you know it's 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 an ingredient for a good show at most other places not at the Nile a hundred people at the Nile and you you know, you you can't do a stage dive. You're gonna <laughs> you're not gonna hit anybody. <laughs> you're and shouting don't have, into the abyss. And they don't have any actual seats. They don't have chairs. Like they do right. have like the uh tabletops, like the like, you know, the larger two people but unless things. you hoof it
0: they're 60 to 80 feet from the stage
1: yeah and some people are on couches mm-hmm. like they have like a it's like a vip bottle service most, kind of a yeah. thing
0: most people are on couches and yeah. the stage is about five six foot high
1: five to six foot high and it's it's far from where they set up the nearest couches yes um actually every time i did a show that after that i would always show up early and try to drag as much chairs as i could as close as i could to the stage, because I learned due to this it's your only chance yeah it was that was it like you you can focus on a few people in the front and hopefully make the best of it Um, but I had a lot of people out and I remember being so proud of like you know what I was about to do kind of like what you had said earlier like I knew the show everybody was gonna get I was on the show Jim Trino was on the show Um, those are the only two comics off the top like myself and Jim that I can remember being there yeah Um, I'm sure there was others but off the top of my head i can't remember who was there um and there was probably about 100 people out which mm-hmm. like i said normally 100 people that's that's gangbusters it's a good show
0: for the nile shows we've done that's gangbusters but yeah it's not for and, a room that
1: and it may not even been of 100 yeah um, I <laughs> it's made, a comedy
0: 100 which means 45 yeah which means <laughs> 22 people how many people showed up and when you get the when you get the question With comics?
1: Yeah, with comics. Say no more. Say no more. (laughs) (laughs) Including comics. I
0: think I know exactly how many people showed up.
1: Um, So everybody was sitting in the back, and my friend's boyfriend didn't want to come to this show. Like, they had been dating, but probably dating to where he's comfortable enough to be like, ah, that's not really my thing.
0: And I don't blame him, because what I always... It always... So you have this friend, and you guys are just friends. But she's got to say to him... My friend is this guy, who's doing comedy. We should go see him. Yeah, I if I were her boyfriend, I'd say,
1: should we? No. Oh,
0: no. Sh- oh, should we?
1: And uh, from my understanding, is he actually worked out, like physically worked out at a twenty-four hour fitness with Jim Trino? Oh,
0: so he knew. So Jim. he knew
1: Jim, okay. and that's primarily what the reasoning for why he said he was there. Yep, it wasn't necessarily for in support of his girlfriend's friend. Oddly it enough, was, I now work
0: out at the. Same, Same gym, gym as Jim Trino at InShape.
1: Everybody works out with Jim Trino. <laughs> yeah. is, is that what he's doing
0: all day? Yeah, he's just working I out. Him it, I see him at InShape. Your buddy's seeing him at 24-Hour yeah, Fitness. Yeah, 24-Hour Fitness. <laughs> we got to talk to Planet Fitness and 19 Fitness and Body Exchange and to see if this, if this guy just working out all day? Uh, well, yeah, when he's not
1: blowing his face off, he's definitely... <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's not blowing his face off or blowing a crowd's yeah, face off with laughter, he's, baby. He's doing he's them curls. He's working out.
1: Um, so he, he worked does out stay with jim. in
0: great shape maybe that's why he's got four four gym memberships he does work i see him i see him in shape he does he does work yeah in there. He, he does he the, throws the heavy some plates around that on that guy. bench yeah
1: um but he said he was there to check out jim trino so it just happens that i was on the show and so he wanted to come or decided to come or agreed to come whatever yep um i get there and i'm a little bit nervous because i had already bombed once mm-hmm. and i'm looking at the situation and It's like one of those things where I didn't have enough time to actually be as nervous as I probably should have been because I had family there, I had friends there, um, kind of making the rounds, saying hi to everybody. They're asking me what I'm going to be doing tonight. You haven't learned
0: yet to avoid them at all costs. Yeah, just go to the back, sit
1: there, text them, let them know that you're you're in the back and you're talking to the comics or whatever the Mm -hmm. case is. Um, So I go up, and I, I think I'm even featuring. So I might be going up before... Jim Trino is headlining the show,
0: and by the way, you don't know yet because you don't know him, but you know now he's going to rip the room apart. Yeah, is <laughs> my guess. Jim,
1: of course, is my guess. Of course. So,
0: so I'm already in my head. I haven't even heard your bomb yet, but I already know what your ride home, a portion of it's going to feel like because after you go up, Jim, you're going to watch somebody level a room. Of yeah, 100 he just people. annihilated a hundred people,
1: <laughs> and it's like. What? So, I'm quitting. So, yeah. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Um, so I'm I, I'm nervous, right? And so at the time, what I used to do is for a big show, if I got really nervous, um, I used to do this thing where I used to hide my notes on stage. Where would you
0: hide them? Would you would, hide them on the beer?
1: I would hide them on the actual stage at the Nile because the, oh. it's so high up yeah. that you can't see it. So what I would do is I would tape them to the ground. Oh, okay. So I would tape them to the ground. And you couldn't see them.
0: But your crowd showed up early. Yeah, my so crowd they showed saw, they saw well, you. no, tape. they
1: didn't see it because I, I, I showed up even before them. So like oh, okay. I got there re- like as soon as the place opened and I wanted to go backstage and I wanted to check it out, um, wanted to get my notes up. Um, but as soon as I, at that time, as soon as I would put my notes somewhere, I would start, like the, the nerves would start building. Because in my head, I'm trying to picture what my notes look like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, where did I put them? Do I actually know my transition from this joke to this joke? Um, did I put them in a font that I can actually see? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the lighting look up Oh, you up typed there? them out. I would type them out. Yeah, I would type them out. And I sometimes I would keep some in my car so that if I'm ever called upon to do a show, to steal I one could of, just...
0: To steal one of your punchlines, wingdings. Yeah, wingdings. <laughs> do it in wingdings.
1: Yeah. Um, so I would put it up on stage. And especially at the now, it worked really well because... It's so high up there like you. They're not going to know what you have up there or right. what's on the floor for, you know, for all they know that you can have everything taped to the floor and they, they can't see it. Right. Um. So I go up there and like the I meet the boyfriend. Boyfriend gives me a hard manly shake. Good old I'm the boyfriend yeah, handshake, you know. right? And I'm like, yeah. ah, whatever. Like, I guess We're I... here to see you, but we ain't
0: here to see yeah. you, bitch. Yeah,
1: we're, we're going to... You know what I'm doing after this show. That's yeah, right. You know what
0: I'm doing. That's right. Being, by the way, I so identify with this guy. I don't even know if he's doing that, but if it's me, I'm going... Go. Yeah.
1: yeah, of course.
0: Good, oh, good to meet you.
1: Yeah. Hey, funny guy.
0: Yeah. I crack that mic over your head. You get wise up there.
1: You understand? Yeah, and I think he had just like... uh did curls? Wrong. No, I think he had just got hired on with like some oil company or something at the time, and so like, you know, we're all a little bit younger at the time, and you know, so he's he's, he's, he's big balls. Yeah, he's big balls. Yeah, and so like he shows up. He's, funny he, guy. He, he's balling out. Yeah. So this like, is 2000.
0: This is 2009. No one's get. No one's working. No. No, no one's working. The oil no. fields. No. <laughs> you're
1: like you could have a house. Yeah. In 2009. And this
0: motherfucker just got an oil field job, which means a couple things. One, he's making good cashola. Two, he's probably a little rough around the edges.
1: No, so it's like a. Uh, oh,
0: he's got an office
1: gig. An office. gig. He's
0: a little yeah, paper pusher like me.
1: Yeah, he's. Uh, he was. I think it was an office. Yeah, it was an office gig. Even, he was
0: even better. Yeah, so he so was he's making that roughneck money, but he still got smooth hands. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so he uh, he shows up, meets me, all that jazz, and the whole re- the reason why I'm even telling you about why this particular couple is here kind of comes back around at the end. Yes. Um. You know, I had a lot of people at that show but there's a reason why i'm talking about them mm. um so i go up i i want to say there there was definitely two comics ahead of me everybody's bombing everybody is stage two bombing bakersfield <laughs> category comics? two bakersfield comics yeah they're not you know, around now i want to say you don't have to name them especially since they were bombing n- well i don't even remember who was on the show but okay. typically with these kinds of shows there's always like one la comic like a flappers type comic guy <laughs> yeah. um who kind of just tags on
0: or at least someone who could get you in yeah flappers. somebody who can
1: get you into flappers yeah. someone who just... could get the
0: someone who could get the booker into flappers. Yeah, somebody
1: <laughs> so i'm sure there was like a little bit of that there yeah. was and i mean the good thing about those like some of those la guys was they're never phased by that stuff because they're used to you know Death, doing yeah they're silence nothing yeah they're used no to one-ness. nothing just talking into holes and you know never having success <laughs>
0: yeah and they fill it with random side effects yeah or sound and, effects but it, it, like, <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah. yeah and yeah. so
1: it, it builds like really bad habits in some of those comics say, say that guys, I've seen.
0: what else guys come hey. on guys. Uh, things are going good guys how's uh, huh? it come going on? bakersfield yeah. come I
1: on i didn't hear it. you could do better than that yeah. um so I, I go up after like two or three people bombing and in my head i've already had that first bomb so i'm like I can handle this, mm-hmm. right? Like I can I can do this. Like I'll be fine. And everybody's like, you know, I I move from the back of the the club, which is where the bar was, to get ready to go up on stage and I have a Jack and Coke in my hand and everybody's saying like good luck and oh, are you on next?
0: Which is next? so not you now to have a Jack and Coke in your hand, which no, is interesting.
1: Not at all. Um Although but, I
0: think you do like to have a beer on show days.
1: No, not even. I do I I have a Jack and Coke before on show days, but uh-huh. I, I very rarely have it on stage with me. Okay. And I'll just have one. Yeah. And that's it. Um, and I, I have it not necessarily for nerves. It's just more of like a thing I do. Ritualistic. Yeah, it's just like I, I have a Jack and Coke now before it's time going up on for a show. Yeah, now I can do my show. Like it's, you know, yeah. I'm going to go up there and work. Um, but at that time, it's yeah. I had a Jack and Coke because I thought it made me look cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was a comic. a lounge comic. I used my two, uh, my your, two drink tickets that I got paid in.
0: Your Paul F. Tompkins up there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm moving from the back to the front, obviously, to let people know I'm about to go up. Uh, hey guys, get ready. I'm, uh, I'm next. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, about to, about to go up. You guys ready? And I also want to make sure that Relax everybody and who take I notes. Yeah, I want to make sure that everybody who I invited. Uh, and people i wanted to impress were ready for me to go on stage Mm -hmm. like where are they at where can i look to when i'm on stage to okay you know the you know group a's here group b's here i can address them i can look at them i can uh do all that so i i like to get i at that time would like to get a feel for where those people were so i walk up and i'm i'm waiting
0: did you give oil boy a look and be like check this shit out
1: no not no at all deal. i was just like eh. no
0: big deal she's just a friend but after this what was w- it, won't want to be it
1: wasn't a big deal to me like yeah. to me it was you know it's just some guy like one of my friends dating um it's only because of what it turned into that it was actually a big <laughs> deal. Um, <laughs> so i go up and I'm, I'm sitting i'm watching the guy wrap up he gets a light so i'm i'm getting ready and the host goes up and I'm and I'm, nerves are starting to really, you know, butterflies are going crazy, the host is going up, host goes up, and he's up there for like 10 minutes, and that just absolutely, for a comic that's waiting in the back, and is already nervous.
0: So that narrows it down to two people, and I'm pretty sure I know the one that it would be.
1: (laughs) I think you know who that is. Oh, yeah. And so I'm in the back, and I'm like, okay, when is this dude getting off? Like, I'm already nervous. I don't know
0: by how he introduces you which one it is.
1: (laughs) Oh, you know exactly who it is. And finally the person brings me up, and I'm like... I do this thing where right before I go up, I think, okay, what observations can I make that are really quick? Mm -hmm. Like, really, really quick. And the host being up there for a really long time kind of hurts that because sometimes they'll make a similar observation and now i'm talking about something that the host just talked about right um but more so than anything else it was just the fact that they were taking 10 minutes to bring me up and the crowd was already dead and he wasn't helping it at all right and so it's just like give give me the fighter a chance to fight not you know not ring boy like not (laughs) you're the ref you just you just call me up and let's do this um so he calls me up and i go up there and it's my first time actually looking at this looking out from the stage with the lights like that mm-hmm. in that room where i had got there early i put my notes up but it's the first time where the lights are on and you can see everybody yeah. like i mean the place is huge but you can make eye contact with somebody that's 80 yards away because it's so well lit yep it's like you're it, it's a weird kind of atmosphere for comedy because I like to know people. I like to feel people are there. I don't like to see people are there. <laughs> like, I don't want to be able to wink at you if, if you're 40 yards away.
0: If I remember the venue correctly, it's been a couple of years, but the room is lit so well. But as you're on stage, the hardest thing to see in the room is you. Yeah, Aren't you disco lit?
1: Yeah, your disco lit depending on what's depending on what's going on after you. Yeah. Like your your lighting is gonna go is gonna be preset by whatever act is gonna go on, you know. Whatever, whenever comedy time is over, are they gonna have a cover band? Are they gonna have a DJ? I've gotten up where it was like I was literally on top of a. D- you were there. You were on that same show. Yeah. Where we would talk and the lights would go up and down on the <laughs> DJ booth right <laughs> behind us. Yeah. Um. So whatever was going on next. You know whatever the bit, the main show was, so, like.
0: so the crowd stopped watching you, and they'd watch the lights to just see your voice. Yeah, just fles- to
1: see my voice, like <laughs> <laughs> um, so fucking stupid. Yeah, that's cool. That's nowadays. the shit. That's comedy. Yeah, that it is. It is. It's there's just way more God of that than Netflix specials. Just just looking
0: like a calamity in front of all your family and friends. And I- <laughs> In a, in a beautiful theater.
1: Yeah. Be- yeah. Such a beautiful place to die. <laughs> Imagine um, that. Imagine you're uh,
0: trying to perform something. And as you hit a high note, when you're really trying to get them, everyone's just looking at a, literally a volume bar just shooting, shooting up and down up. like one of those hammer things you hit yeah, at the circus. Like
1: if you're on like Double Dare the strong and like you're Yeah. It was so ridiculous. Um, but I go up there and. I make a quick observation and I get nothing. What was the
0: observation to remember? I I
1: want to say it was something about the fair, like who's buying jacuzzis at the fair. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't know, something yeah. about like uh what was going something on something going on local. It was like a local like right. uh, kind of a of a joke. Nobody laughs and I look out and I could see everybody. Like everybody who's ever been in my life you know my and you see the cousins distance. just just the nothingness <laughs> in their in their eyes and probably the the dying hope in mine and <laughs> i walk around because it's a big stage it's a really big stage and so i walk to one side to kind of go address one side of the crowd and i make another observation or tell another quick joke and these are all things i didn't write down these are all things i'm just yeah just okay i'm just going to get the pop these off really quick and see what happens and i get nothing and then my nerves start coming in because i'm getting flashbacks to the casino and so right away okay don't make fun of anybody Like just that.
0: just get to the jokes now you got that sweat between your shoulders yeah heads.
1: now it's coming in now i'm like getting ready to you know give them one of the one of the hits even though i didn't have hits at the time mm-hmm. um w- which for me at that time was just cuss more if I cuss more, it'll be funny. Mm-hmm. That was kind of one of the things I w- when I was in a corner, I would just start cussing. Um, so I'm walking around stage, and I go to the one side of the stage, and I look at everybody there, and I tell a joke, and it just falls flat. The jokes would just fall right out of your mouth, right into that, <laughs> that pit right there, that 10-foot pit right in front of you. Yeah. And I would go to the other side and tell a joke, and I stood in the middle. So my plan was to get to the middle when I was ready to go into my set because that's where my notes were. And so I go up there, and I get to the middle. I stand exactly where I grabbed the, the mic from originally before I started wandering around the stage, and I look down, and there's nothing. My oh. notes are gone. Oh, I no. have no idea what happened to them. Oh, no. And so I would say 90% of the time, I don't even look at the notes. It's just like a safety net, but knowing that the safety net is not there.
0: Well, and you know, as a new comic, when you're doing your opening a size that don't work you are going to need to look at that yep. first thing just let me get into it
1: let me let me see what i had first because mm. and especially at the time i would my even my cliff notes were a little bit more extensive like it was like a page long and it was like you know 14 font but it was like say this or you know the line would be like um going to the gas station that's a joke um and then in parentheses or uh brackets remember to okay. say the guy was Italian, right. right, or like something like that.
0: So it's yeah, it's 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 abbreviated enough that the an audience member couldn't do your act by based on the list, but it's descriptive enough that one of your fellow comics exactly
1: could. like okay, I know what they're gonna do here, and yeah. of course for me it was a safety net, and so I get up there and my notes are gone, I'm looking down and I'm looking at the looking at the audience and I am just, it's probably the the fastest i've ever gave up on a show (laughs) where i just felt immediately defeated where the casino show i gave you know i gave it like a couple of punches but here i don't know if it was the nerves of everybody being there and watching me uh the nerves of like everybody having some kind of expectation that like hey i won this comedy competition i been doing all these things i've been on like, these flyers and all of a sudden i'm here and you get to watch this and it's going to be special
0: and and by the way you're featuring a four to six comic show which means at this point still another 14 to 24 minutes you have to do
1: exactly it was i want to say i was doing 15 oh, i was doing 15 that night yeah and because i think I, I remember most of my now stuff was like 15 and i'm looking for am um, i don't have notes mm-hmm. And I look I look around, they're nowhere to be seen, and I start rattling off, like, just gibberish. Like, things I was planning to say, but out of order, forgetting things. And then I even stopped at one point and said, oh, yeah, and I forgot to say about the guy at the gas station, <laughs> he was Italian. Like, and it was like, you'll get that on the way home, or like the reason why that's funny yeah. like and it's like oh my gosh like <laughs> just having to explain everybody why you're oh, yeah. funny <laughs> and at at about minute 7 i think i i got close enough to the edge of the stage to see that my <laughs> notes had to fallen jump off. <laughs> <laughs> they had fallen i could see i could see the notes from there and of mm. course it was i couldn't actually read the font. it was like the other you know, it fell to where the ink was on the on the bottom side. But, uh, but I could I found them, I guess. And so, I'm up there. and I'm doing 15 minutes.
0: But but knowing who's running this show, I'll bet they didn't fall. Yeah, and they probably
1: <laughs> got kicked to the side. I'll or, bet you they saw
0: your set list and went nah. I know whose joke that is. Nah, yeah, that's can, you ain't using that. Yeah, no.
1: Um, so I'm up there and I'm drowning the whole time. And I hear from the back of the room. One of my friends go, Come on, guys. Oh no. I'm like, Oh like they're like oh, it's even rooting worse. for people to like like you would start like the wave at a baseball <laughs> game. Here we go, yeah, Alanis. Like, Here we go. Like, defense defense like hoping the team actually starts playing harder bam, like. bam, 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 bam. so that's what they were trying to do for me they were trying to to get me motivated motivated enough to actually give them a funny joke like i like the only thing i had been holding back was just i need i really need someone to cheer for me and then i can give them these jokes um i did terrible all 15 minutes and i did i always stuck out all my time like yeah it didn't matter i was gonna do 15 you minutes do the time. And I remember cussing up a storm in between all those jokes, right. which I I do cuss in my set, but it's not necessarily, I don't cuss like a ton. Like right. it's just, I'm not very blue, I don't think. And yeah, you're remember, bluer in life than you are on stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little more And on more this podcast, <laughs> you're full of shit. You don't curse
0: on the podcast. And that's why I record you before you know you're being recorded because you're a filthy <laughs> so you animal. All yeah, That's right.
1: Um, so I'm cussing up a storm. And I'm getting dirty, like which is even more, which is like, you have to earn the right to be dirty on stage.
0: And also, if it was at the Nile Bar and Grill, it might work, but you're at the Nile Theater.
1: Theater, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that dirty joke didn't work? Oh, you know what you guys would love? This other dirty joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, oh. I don't see why you guys aren't liking these 15 dirty jokes in a row. Dirty's not working?
0: Dirty. Yeah, Here you let's go. do
1: it. All right, let's get uncomfortable. But it, you can feel, I could feel the room get tense, like that secondary embarrassment mm. that you get as a crowd member sometimes. I could feel that, that radiating from those hundred people at the Nile. And I remember I got off stage and I, I couldn't even make eye contact with anybody. I just went right to the back, slammed my Jack and Coke. And then my friend and her boyfriend come up to me. Oh,
0: no. Are they, you're in the green room?
1: Uh, not in the green room. I go back to the to, to the, the bar. bar or to the back. And I shouldn't have, right? Because I should no. have just left. Because the Nile has that little burned the, exit right there you that burned takes the building you to the down. alley. Yeah. And I go to the back and I, <laughs> and my friend looks at me and is just like Alright, well uh we're we're gonna be getting out of here. Uh we're gonna go to our friend's house or I don't know what they were doing the rest of the night. Um uh, anything. Yeah, and the boyfriend looks at me like yeah Yeah. <laughs> good seeing your show dude hey you were really funny tonight guy <laughs> Oh no. hey guy you were man just oh, chip off the no. old block you were you were hilarious mm-hmm. and i think he said good try i think that was the compliment hey good try man <laughs> good try good
0: try good try
1: just god hey. damn Good try.
0: It's exact, ex- exactly um, what you want to hear at this point. Yeah.
1: Well, you can always tell if you do terrible at a show by how people are complimenting you. Mm-hmm. The um, worst.
0: I told you the worst show I've ever had. Uh, there was this girl who's a trainer at the gym I go to. And she brought a couple of her trainer friends just to check out the show. And beforehand, she was joking around like, you better be funny. And I was joking. Yeah, okay. Uh, and i had the worst show of my life and i came off stage and she she gave me like a half-assed like they were i could see them from the stage them not making eye contact with me and then i come off stage and i'm about to talk to this guy i know and she comes up and gives me like this half you know when someone gives you a hug of like you could have just not hugged me. Yeah. Don't hug me purposely like you don't mean it. <laughs> you Just don't give me affection. Don't give me less than don't affection. Don't even try. She gave me less than affection. Yeah. It's... She gave me this, like she's digging the knife, and she gives me this half-hearted hug, and then she gives me that, that, uh, that condescending two-pat on the shoulder. Oh, and man. And she goes, that she said, brutal. here's the word she said. She said, oh, that's what practice is for, right?
1: oh man and if there
0: was a building in this town higher than 13 stories i would have swan dived off of it at that very moment so so your friend comes up to you and says okay she didn't say good job or weird crowd or she just told me
1: what she was gonna do next because she has no idea her (laughs) next move (laughs) she has
0: no (laughs) idea what yeah do. like she it's was,
1: awkward and that's my like I put them in an awkward situation and she was
0: honorable enough to approach you that's such a that's a that's compassion mm-hmm. because because if I were her I'd be sitting there going how do I look at this person I've done this to fellow comedians of I've been on a big show and they're we, usually we don't know each other uh almost always we don't know each other and that what they did either went so badly or what they did is to me a comedic disaster that I hide from them because I try to. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, in my heart, I like, I have compassion for them, but I also, in my integrity, don't have it in me to tell them good job. Yeah. Because it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. So I've, I've hidden behind stage curtains to not see a person because I don't have it in me to tell you good job, but I also don't have it in me to add to the heartbreak that you may or may not know you would be feeling right now
1: exactly and some comics are just so oblivious to and that's what i i
0: root for in that scenario i hope you oh yeah i hope you i hope you
1: think you killed it like i hope you think this was yeah i hope you have something to salvage from this because i have no words for it i have nothing to say to you right um so big props to her for actually coming to tell me that they were leaving to say anything and you know same situation like i guess because i've never been in that situation like as i mean i've seen a lot of people bomb but i never like i like we talked about earlier i don't ever view that from an audience perspective like right. and it's mostly at open mics and like you said like it's hey good job or hey i like this like you try to give them something to salvage but like I haven't had it happen to me, at least, where I'm like, I don't even want to talk to the person. Like, <laughs> I, I get it, though. Like, yeah. I understand why you would avoid because it's like, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. All right.
0: Yeah. Like, you just like for me, let's say I'm on a show and there's a crowd of 300 people and the feature act is whatever they are. They've been on Laughs on Fox or they've they've got hundred thousand Instagram followers. They have they
1: have a tank of gas and they can drive the headliner. Up. But
0: they but no, well they've got or they've got something like like I said they've got hundred thousand Instagram followers. So someone goes, ah, you're gonna headline. But they you're go up do comedy. But they yeah, but they go up and it's it's apparent that they have the tools, but they've never swung the hammer. Yeah. And but someone's telling them that they're driving the nail. And you watch have hundred thousand Instagram followers. And you watch it in an objective manner, and you go, "I can't. I don't know this person well enough to be the one who says you're not. You need to get ready for this before you do it. Yeah. And it seems like the momentum is too much. And mo- this is my. I've only known you twenty minutes, uh, so I I can't be the. You should. You just need to have better friends. Yeah. Somebody I, needs to tell you. It's not going to be me, but I also can't. I can't perpetuate this by saying, "Yeah, hey, I crushed it" and and be another notch in your belt to whatever the fuck this is.
1: And for me, it's always been the opposite experience where when somebody does really bad or like in the same situation where they're, you know, featuring and yeah. you know, they're a feature comic and I'm doing the air quotes here, <laughs> um most time they get off oblivious from what from what i've seen like come off and i killed it so that makes it beautiful for me because i don't have to make you feel good right like in your head you killed it that's fine let's move on to the next thing um but i i haven't been in a place where i have to avoid but i i could sometimes i want to avoid them simply because i don't want to hear them say that they killed it like it's like no you didn't you really didn't um i don't know some i guess (laughs) (laughs) you definitely need awareness um (laughs) But, yeah, they told me they were leaving. Nice try. Oh, that was a good try. Good oh. try. Hey, we're going to go over to uh, Outback Steakhouse now because we have reservations. <laughs> a good try. I'm going to go anywhere,
0: and it will be less of a waste of money than what I just did. Exactly. Yep. And I
1: want to say those shows were, like, $15 a pop at the time, and that mm-hmm. was a lot of money for, like, 2009. I mean, it's a lot of money now for a show. It's a, a lot show. of money yeah. now for a show. I mean, that's a Tambler, like, kind of mid-tier show there. Yeah, like, that's, that's a good that's, show. Yeah. That's a yeah, good show, you're right, and so, and the reason why I talk about this couple is because from my understanding um whenever they're getting ready to go out
0: wait so not in two thousand nine, but
1: no today, like <laughs> like for Thanksgiving, like this last Thanksgiving, like ten years later, okay um the you know if they're debating on where to go and You know, she says, hey, we should go do this. Let's go to the circus. (laughs) And he's like, no, I really want to go to this um, monster truck rally. And she's like, hey, no, I really want to go to the circus. He always come. He all his defense is always. No. Remember that time you made us go watch your friend and he sucked. (laughs) You don't get to choose anything we get to do after that. So 10 years later, after that bomb. That bomb lives beyond me, <laughs> Yo. and has, beside being one of my worst bombs here at local, I mean anywhere. What you know, one of my worst bombs. It's also become rationale for not having to do anything your wife <laughs> wants <laughs> you to do.
0: Yo, but she's wrong for telling you. She she could yeah. have just kept that in the dark. Yeah, I know. But, but it's what a good friend to tell you. But uh, and, she's wrong. And here's the you.
1: thing: is I don't think they've seen me do an act since then right so not I think I think if like they were to see me post something on Facebook about doing a show or something I think I I would want to think he thinks like well she did and and of
0: course she doesn't see when you open for Steve Trevino and killed for 2,000 people
1: no not at all Uh, oh you're doing those jokes at big theater and
0: she'll never hear that recording
1: (laughs) never never yeah
0: and you should send her this and say, "Listen to this shit." Here you I'm go. Actually, she might now. listen to this. I'm on. I'm in show business now. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: on a podcast.
0: I'm on. am on a Zoom I'm baby. On the, I'm the f- inaugural episodes <laughs> of a podcast.
1: But I, I still want, I, I, I want to get them out to another show. Yeah. So that I can actually validate the fact that I'm not a bad comic. Like it, it I, was just a bad night. It was a bad night, and you. Well, it's like you that. literally got me six months into doing it's this. It's like
0: that one partner that you had that you had like in life that you had erectile dysfunction or yeah. you just or it just, just ended too fast and you were twenty too fast. You were twenty and it's twelve, thirteen years later, and in your mind, every once in a while it's just you're on a ride somewhere. It, it just creeps in and the it back just of your pops mind. Pops in pops in, you go, Oh God, I hope she doesn't remember how bad that was. Or at least I hope she's not talking about it, and then you find out it's all only what you, she talks about.
1: Are you think about just redeeming yourself? It's
0: only if you when ever... she has a bad sexual experience. It's it's in comparison to it's you. A, yeah, it's on a scale of on a scale of Joe to ten. How no bad?
1: It's, no, it's fine. It happens to a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Actually, this one time before. Was, yep. And it's like you're the one time before. That's right. Yeah. That's so uh, you.
0: You got this. He should thank you because. Who knows how many brunches you got him out of.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've saved him a lot of uh, Crystal Palace waffles. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly right. So he still holds that over her.
1: From my understanding, yeah. But I think it's funny. I think it's funny that you could... That that is like... That's the thing. That's I, the thing, right? Like it holds true. Hey, your friend sucked. That's... A, that's like, I get brought into... Like, a, like I'm a beaten kid, right. and I just, for some reason, get brought into this fight that I had no... <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't want to go to Crystal Palace. Your
0: friend sucks. That's kind of a good feeling about comedy, though, that it's stuck with him that long. Yeah, yeah I want to say... if he goes to a show and the band sucks, you kind of... You don't really rem- How bad can a band suck? Yeah. The band just sucks, but comedy. Ten years, ten years that's stuck in his craw.
1: It's. I'm gonna I'm gonna invite them to a show sometime. Yeah, <laughs> whatever the, whatever up. the
0: next show is. What a good, what a good second bomb story. So okay, so that happens. What happens for the rest of the show? Jim comes up. He kills it. He fucking nails absolutely
1: it. murders the place. Yes,
0: and because he's almost bomb
1: proof. Yeah, I and. Mean, there's this like uh, I, I said earlier like as a comic sometimes you, I mean it's good to have awareness you don't want to come off and be like oh I killed it and mm-hmm. really everybody in the green room is looking at you like dude you did not watch the same thing I just watched mm-hmm. um, that lack of awareness almost works in favor for Jim Trino. Well, his act is his act
0: is almost bomb proof and that it it couldn't it couldn't bomb like there's no it's so high energy intense physical yeah physical and fun and there's so much there's so little dead space that you wouldn't i don't think a crowd would know if he bombed yeah well, I don't, an, if i sat in the back of the room i don't think i'd know if he bombed with the crowd and
1: because it, it, it's so high energy well it's an act that if you did it in a big room um you that energy is going to carry to the room yeah because it's so high energy like we're not doing it any justice in terms of what this you guy is doing have to. Say. You would just you, have to see it. You Google Jim Trino. I'm sure you'll you'll find something there. Um, but you like jumping on speakers. Yeah, he everything. is all over the place. Everything. He's very Robin Williams-esque in terms of energy. There you go. Like really just all over the place. And if something didn't hit, you don't even have enough time to realize it just didn't a, hit before a, he's on to the next thing. Just and a tornado. Yeah, it's just what just happened. Mm-hmm. And his act plays so well for for any room and what i mean by that is like for the nile it's a huge place that needs that energy and his lack of awareness to be like literally every single comic in front of me bombed i don't care i'm gonna do my act well like in it, it, probably almost, lack of awareness is the wrong term it's like darren Carter, the party
0: started that their acts almost cross over into music and that it, it he they're bringing a party to the stage. Yes. So even if the audience is either done or they suck or they disengage, it can kind of play in the background of the room. Yeah, you know, everyone you will can, still hear it.
1: You can almost pop in at any time and be like, "Oh yeah, like that's funny." Yeah. Like you don't need. It's not really like long drawn out bits. No. It's like acts. It's like these all these different act outs mm-hmm. and all these different like. He just gyrating all yeah, over the place. so and it's, it almost hits the frequency. Yeah, of music. so he kills it every single time. And of course, six months in, I'm looking at this like,
0: I'll never, I'll never do that act.
1: Yeah, I'll never, I'll never do that act. I mean, that's not me. That's not my cup of tea. But it's definitely like,
0: but you're looking at it going, that's what, that's what's working. And I just died.
1: I died. But, so yeah. I'm, not,
0: I'm not gonna do that. What and for you, it could be like. I'm not gonna do the thing that appears to be the only thing that works in this room.
1: Yeah, exactly. You I don't have it in me to do that, so I'm never gonna, you know, be successful on this show. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's like it's he d I mean, I've never seen an act like his where it's like he could be in a bar, he could be in a small, intimate theater, he could be in a big theater with nobody in it, he could be in a theater with a ton of people in it. It's like it's so spot on it's like everything you need for everywhere you are um i mean
0: well and then when you told me his story that it makes sense that i think it was you that told me the first time he ever did comedy was in a bar and he had to do an hour
1: that, can you I, imagine i Your didn't tell time, you that story but
0: i someone told me i the, can see that story someone told me the first time he was he, he he hit like a half hour to an hour and in a rowdy bar so you're, you're kind of forged in that yeah, Fire. and thank God, like I I thank my lucky stars that I can't imagine dragging myself through that. Um but, but that that's Yeah, that and if you from. look
1: at what he talks about, um the substance is material and what he's really trying to tell you and the the stories he's trying to tell you about his past life and and that's the um, other good part
0: for him is he's lived a crazy life.
1: Yeah, he's lived a crazy life and he's telling you exactly what happened. Um I would say the downside to that is his life is no longer that crazy. So he only has those crazy stories, mm-hmm. so it's difficult for, I think, him to to come up with an act that transitions from what he used to do and what his act is to what he's doing now. Like, he didn't tell stories about his actual life, because it's just not... I assume it's not that high-octane energy that he once lived with like the craziness yeah. well, they, that he was considering we time. haven't
0: seen him in the paper in a while i would agree yeah, yeah and he, he's just a, a different um, kind of guy but he but killed it six, and i have to at, leave at six months in you don't know that yeah
1: i don't know that i want to say it was one of my first times ever watching jim trino and i'm just like this dude's murdering it and i just literally had my ass handed to me by a hundred people in the nile and started a decade-long never going to brunch out like and you die you didn't die in front
0: of strangers this time you died in front in of front, yeah
1: and that's kind of like a different that's a different level of like uh drive home <laughs> that's like uh for like a few months like nobody talked about it and it was like i was almost embarrassed to even post that i was doing comedy again right because then these people were going to be like oh well did you yes. go through this?
0: Because I went through this on my worst bomb ever, and it was pretty new to my comedy as well. I went through two waves of embarrassment after my worst bomb that was in front of a bunch of friends also. is The first wave of embarrassment was I was so embarrassed that it happened, and I didn't want to even drag myself outside, and I didn't want to go to that gym and see the trainers anymore, and I didn't want to go to work and see my coworkers that were there. I didn't even want to go to open mics and see the other comics that were there. And that lasted about four to five weeks, and then... That gave way to a second wave of embarrassment of being embarrassed. That I was embarrassed about it because who the fuck is still thinking about me and my comedy four weeks from that? Yeah, day? like nobody.
1: Yeah, nobody. It, they get over it pretty quickly. Yeah, you don't. You like, don't. It sticks with you, and I, that's. I think that's what's tough about those first couple of bombs mm-hmm. is that you don't have. You haven't done it enough to understand that it's just a part of the
0: process. And you feel like you've let people down
1: yeah. so badly. And not only that, you feel I, I would always feel like people think I don't have awareness. People right. think I um am pulling the wool over my own eyes right. and I'm not good at this or I'm not it's not well, and I'm what a, I should
0: I'm, be doing. That's so true. Because I'm a s I'm a small town boy and yeah, I don't know if it's like this here, but in small towns, especially, we don't have a connect. Like We're two hours from Hollywood right now and 90 minutes from Hollywood. Where I grew up is 3,200 miles from Hollywood, and there's no connection to that, and it's a small town, and sometimes it can be crabs in a bucket in just the general area. So it doesn't take much for people to start rolling their eyes at you as soon as they feel, if, as soon as they catch a certain group of people, as soon as they catch wind that you have. A dream and you're going after it that you think that you would be something special i run into this even when i go home now all i don't go out to bars but when i w- stop in a bar to grab some wing chicken wings and i'm sitting there i'll have some people come up to me that from christmas past and some of them will go hey how's it go- yeah, how you doing i see you're doing the comedy how's it going and then some people come up and go hey <laughs> see you're doing the comedy how's that going
1: that's a nice hobby. That's
0: and I know that when I leave they're going this fucking guy. Oh, he's a comedian. Yeah. yeah, he's Oh, Dave Dave Chappelle.
1: And I always find that people like that um that like that second category of person is always a person who most of the time doesn't really have anything outside of an 8 to 5. No. And I don't care how good you are at your job. Um my my i love my job i get a lot of fulfillment from it i it's my eight to five i you know i enjoy what i do yeah um but some people never go beyond what they do and realize who they are right, right. like it's like this is what i do but it's not who i am and for some people that merges where it's like this is who i am and what i do um and i just feel like people who are quick to criticize or quick to want to kind of laugh at you or kind of crap all over your dreams are people who have never who never let the li- their life work become meaningful but also never had anything meaningful outside of it. Never went for it. Never went for it and didn't even know what to go for. And Like, before, what am I good at? What, we, did, what do I love to do? I don't know, so I'm just going to shit on everybody else. And
0: before I started going for it, I was a version of that guy. Someone told me that they were doing whatever. They were doing... Spoken word, or they were going to rap, or they were going to be a singer, or they were in a band. I would go. Uh, They're in a band. He's a lead singer in a band. Like oh, oh, they did a show in Virginia last week. Oh, they'll be on MTV. I used to be that guy before I had it. Before I went for it, and then when you start taking swings, and he, occasionally that'll still creep up in your head. And but your inner dialogue, you say to yourself, "No, fuck you." Yeah, he's like you. Yeah, and he's you. That's what I was going to say. Just doing
1: something else is. I find myself drawn to those people. Of course. Like, I don't care what it is. I don't care if you tell me that you want to be the best jump roper in Southern California. Like, I want to know why you chose that. I want to know what it means to you. I want to know, like, just anybody who has some kind of passion um, that most people would not necessarily, and I don't have to understand it, and nor do I really want to understand it, but I now know that you went beyond your cubicle that you went beyond uh, what people find as as a traditional life to really find something that's meaningful to you Mm -hmm. and I may not understand it I may not get why you want to jump rope or whatever the case is why you want to paint why you want to do this Mm -hmm. Um, but I but we are like-minded
0: and you took a shot And now everyone in your life who may look to you for guidance is going to be better because of it. If you have kids like your daughter and son, like you specifically, your daughter and son are going to be better because you're trying for this thing, because they're going to grow up. They're going to see your recordings. They're going to see your show headshots and posters that you were on. They're gonna. They're, See, they they're hear gonna hear watch my Netflix special. They're gonna watch your Netflix yeah. special, <laughs> at, live at the Nile. <laughs> they're gonna look at your catalog though, and they're gonna know Dad went for something that he really believed in. I really like to paint. He would support me if I tried to be an yeah. artist.
1: I think you. I think having children maybe gives it a different perspective, but it's like how do you leave more than just like a degree on the wall? How do you leave more than just like, I mean, you can leave monetary things to your children. Um, but what does that, what what does that say about who you were while you were here? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, he had 10 houses. Like he was successful. Um, he had, you know, all these cars. He had this stamp collection, like whatever it is that you've accumulated during your life. Right. What does that actually say about you, about where your passions were? Right. where, I feel like I can leave my kids a playbook on it's going to be crazy. And whatever it is you want to do, just do it. Like, just try it. And this is what I did, right? right? This is not what I did, but this is who I was. Like, this is what I thought. This is, these are things I thought of and I shared with other people. And you were a part of that. I mean, they're, my kids sometimes make their way into my act. And it's like, this is how I viewed the world because that's what it is at least my my kind of comedy i feel like is my perspective on things it's not just joke jokes jokes and it's like this is this is a piece of your fa, like of who i am right and this is hopefully what i'm leaving you and i'm i leave that i i find comedy to be intimate because like this is what i'm leaving my kids but that's also what i leave the audience with like i'm giving you the same thing (laughs) you know what i mean and you know you're just telling me you're going to go to Outback afterwards. And so
0: I was just going to say I'm guessing you're feeling none of this leaving the Nile in 2009. No, no, not at all. Like so at, the right in the category, the ride home.
1: It's definitely a. a th- it's like borderline two three in terms of like category of bomb. Yes. Um, I. You, More so too. Like the there were comics so in bad. the room.
0: The bomb was so bad it made the people you know seem like they didn't know you.
1: Well, it's just at the time I didn't know any of the comics for one. Like I was only doing Fresno stuff. I had no idea really who Jim Trino was. I had no idea who anybody else in the room was. Um, and you know the Niles set up to where you can't even see the comics. Like they're in the back. Uh, they're not even sharing the same space as you when you're on stage or the same room as you when you're sometimes, on stage.
0: Sometimes they're on the balcony.
1: I would say for sure the the casino gig, like that category three, all alone, I'm dying up here. You guys, I am not a good comic because <laughs> nobody knows outside. Nobody in this room can has any proof of anything otherwise. Like mm-hmm. I'm just not including myself because I don't feel like a good comic. Um, I wouldn't say it was that bad, but it was definitely my first category two where i was like you know the comics were still a little supportive afterwards and um, but that was more of like a moral personal failure bomb for me because it was like everybody i knew and loved was in this room yeah and i you know i could have been getting stoned up there oh, you know like God it was damn. just death yeah so i just don't know that's long,
0: and you said that hung with you for four or five months
1: that hung me with me for a long time and it, it's still the one bomb that i go back to more so than the first casino one because it was it it just felt different it felt like I let people down Mm -hmm. where the casino like I let myself down I learned some things uh, but here I am trying to make people proud trying to show people that I'm good at what what I am choosing to do and I left no proof of that right like, everybody thought I was terrible.
0: You took a shit on your support group. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: every you know every once in a while you'll run into people that you have either done a show for or they were in the room with you and they will be like, hey, where do I know you from? Or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case is. Um, and it's always like when you do well. Yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah, you did that thing, at my company thing, or whatever, right? But I always wonder, like, how many people have seen me bomb... And are just way too, like, second, like, you see me and still get embarrassed. Like, oh, crap. Like, that's that guy that sat <laughs> there for 15 minutes yeah. and just got his ass handed to him. Yeah. And here he is having bagels. Like, <laughs> look, he just has bagels like the rest of us. This guy didn't kill himself?
0: Yeah. And it's like,
1: <laughs> I'm sure they look at me and think, like, oh, he probably used to do comedy. Like, right. I he, there's no way 10 years later he'd still kind of chasing that thing, right? Or right. still doing that. um. But here, here I am, still on the horse, still, still trying, taking swings. Yeah, baby. still trying to ride as much as I can, and you know,
0: so long ride home, long two-hour ride home. Yeah, yeah, and, I had to go back and, to Fresno, and in, to some degree, as all of our worst bombs are, it's still a ride home every once in a while. Yeah, but the takeaway. So, what did what'd you take away from it, and? It, these things are usually followed by a rapid ramp up and increase in skill act. Yeah. What I, what I did,
1: what I actually did after that show is I stopped inviting people to things. Great,
0: I, great idea by the way. Yeah.
1: Because if it was going to be my thing, I didn't need people's validation. I didn't need these people to know or see me do comedy. Right. Like I didn't need them. I didn't need my cousins at everything. I didn't, you know, and it's one of those things that still to this day, I'll be on a show and, like, get on a show, go to the show, come home. Like, yeah. and literally I'm, like, changing diapers and, like, I wasn't even just telling jokes to people a little while ago. You know, it's just like this, it's, I just, I, I don't invite, like, I, like I, I learn then, like, if I'm going to try to get good, if I'm going to. I don't need to do it in front of everybody.
0: It's funny you mention that because that's one of my favorite things to do after a big show, especially a really good big show, is to go somewhere else where no one knows what just happened. Yeah. My favorite thing to do is to go to the grocery store after a big show, leave the venue, go to the grocery store, buy a couple little snacks, and come home and sit right in this living room floor, uh, either by myself or with Lexi, and just kind of watch Sports Center and just kind of be quiet.
1: And it's... It's nice to know that you can do that, and like just it's not a big deal, like right. what you did, um because I think on some level you don't want it to be a big deal, no, because it's like look this that's just what I do yeah like it's 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 just another another beat in your life, but it's a beat that's just the most important beat to you mm-hmm. um, it keeps you going, but it's like i I don't like that like i I like hanging out after shows because I like talking to comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as they kind of all start to, you know, leave or whatever, because um, that's one of my favorite things about comedy is talking to other comics. Um, but on the same thing, I don't, I, I like to just go home. Yeah. I don't need any after party. I don't need anything like that. Like, you just go home and you start observing again. You start doing, you know, that, you start getting ready for show, whatever shows next or, or nothing. Or, you know, you nothing. just watch Sports Center. Yeah. Like, just drift away. And see, that's kind of like... Uh, I, I said this on the first podcast where I feel like there's... I feel like there's a difference between why people do this. Mm-hmm. And to me, people who actually love doing this, who are passionate about that actual craft, are people who would do a show and then go home and just watch Sports Center.
0: I wish I had it in me to go party afterwards. But for some reason, I'm just... It's just not.
1: Yeah, but you also like with yourself like you won't even post about it for a couple of days no like you won't even post photos for a while no. i mean you'll put like a thank you to the comics that came yeah. out or whatever the case was but you let it sit like it you don't have to go to facebook and post every single picture of you and whoever you were featuring for whoever you were hosting for that day who you know whatever show you were doing um because it's not about that no like it's not it's about just doing comedy going home and watching sports center.
0: So did you get that did you get that lesson from the Nile show of all of whatever i was trying to do for this group of friends was bullshit.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure because you it i let them dictate some of my material. You it, like you, i would be like i think this person's going to like this or i'm going you know like in the beginning
0: we want them to see us be comics instead of do comedy.
1: Yeah. It, and and it, you, I think everybody goes through that phase, especially when you're new, because it's like, it is unique and it is, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people try it, but how many people stick with it? How many people actually love it? Um And you want people to see you do it because it is, you know, it's cool. You do comedy, whatever. I'm funny. Um But after a while, it's like, ah, uh, who cares? Like, <laughs> i don't i don't need them to see me do this and not only that i just feel like if i'm inviting people to every single thing that i do i'm and it's only to see me like i'm gonna be funny and you're gonna watch me be funny i'm not doing it for the right reasons i'm not trying to be funny for the i'm just too worried about and this sounds contradictory to what comedy is but too worried about being funny for the wrong reasons like i want to make strangers laugh Like that, you know, connect with people who have no idea who I am and be able to form some kind of bond, foundation, like something with with strangers. Um, Anybody can kill in a room with all your friends, except me, apparently. Um, (laughs) Except at the Nile. Uh, But like that's (laughs) you just stop doing it because it's like if this is. Once it becomes about it's you know do you invite people to the gym you know what i mean do you invite people to other things you love to do like yeah it's just weird? for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for you like that's where you take solace right like right. that's where you get to be you and like you can't be you if everybody's there sometimes i mean the audience Absolutely. is part of that but like being you doesn't mean you have to share everything mm-hmm. like you don't i don't know
0: no i i, I wholeheartedly agree with that there's been People in my life for a long time who, I, who I'll, I'll say for a couple things at the beginning, I used to say too, don't come out until I know uh, until I, I know that I'd be worth seeing yeah for one and then two is especially the people who are closest to you in your life is just my personal view. Don't come out to everything. Come out to the big shows, but I can't develop I'm going to be talking about you yeah and, and, and my interactions with you or just my life or my vulnerabilities. Or those dark, dirty things in the back of my head that the better me keeps down. Yeah, I'm working out those ideas to relate to other people, and if you're there, it's gonna hurt, and it's not gonna come off right until I have it right, and everyone else is gonna clam up because you are there. Don't come until this is ready for you to hear.
1: See, I feel, I feel the same way. I feel like you don't have to be at everything. Like it's, and I get some justification and some like it makes me feel good when like if Maritza shows up to something, who's was my fiance and she's like, I didn't know you had all of this. Like you did X, ex- like I hadn't heard this, 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 this. And it's kind of interwoven in our life. So she may be, you know, she may have like a, a guest appearance in one of the bits or she may, you know, my daughter, I'll talk about her. And it's like, and sometimes she'll be like, well, is that how you really feel? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's how you w- work stuff out. Like, not just relationship-wise. I mean, like, it's how I get things out. Like, yeah. this is how I get to talk about those things. And, and- I,
0: I, know your, I know your act. When your daughter hears your bits about her as she gets older, you guys are going to be so much closer that she gets to hear what it's like to be a dad uh, of, of her as a young girl while you're at work and she spends all day with Maritza yeah. and then you come back in and, and kind of reintroduce yourself and, and that disconnect that you're, you worked through like it's, in the, in the twos and threes to get, and she's going to get to chronicle exactly what the development process was like of dad and daughter. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's cool like, is this
1: is, these are, these are our stories, right? Yeah. Like this is all these things are a version of the truth, but this is how I see it. Right. Um, but I do, I I like not having people at shows consistently that I know because it gives my material time to develop. Let it breathe. Yeah, let it breathe. Um, I don't need people's feedback on everything I do either. Like, I don't need you to watch my set and then come home with me and then talk about, I'm going to talk about my set, and you're going to tell me, like, I'm just going to let my set be my set, let it breathe, work through it myself, and then when I present it, like, hopefully you're impressed by it you know and it's like oh that's what you that's what you're actually doing right it's like like going to the gym where like every single day you just keep at it and then little by little you get results and it's like but day to day it's not going to change you don't feel like uh that's why i don't like having you know my significant other at things because it's like what are you going to watch me you know go through five minutes of like really poorly written material or things that aren't going to work. So I could find like that two seconds I'm going to add to something else. Yeah. I read ahead. Ha- come when all those two seconds are built into four minutes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a whole yeah. new four minute bit or whatever.
0: So, so to tie a bow on this, the advice that you would give based on what you learned from the bomb, if you don't mind summarizing it. I, I
1: think know. the one, the advice I would give something that I learned from there is just let, let your comedy be for you like don't play to any kind of crowd. If you it's great to have friends and family out and all of that and it's it's good for, for people to see the fruits of your labor. Um but don't change your act. Don't just yeah, don't don't get too caught up in what other people think about you so and con- what you're doing up there.
0: Connect with what makes you enjoy the art and the craft of it and then yeah. make sure make sure that's the reason you're doing it so that you can still love it when the tough times come,
1: and and put in and know that like when you're going to do well, like it's a ton of hard work to get on a show.
0: And secondly, it sounds like, and forgive me if I if I mis uh, summarize, abandon your non-comedy friends and family. Is that a- <laughs> yeah, get rid of them. They don't. They don't. They will matter hold anymore. you back. That's right. <laughs>
1: they will hold. And comedy does. I mean comedy's great if you don't have family
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's episode two of the bomb diaries Uh, a great episode thank you very much joe you're giving me more time than i deserve uh but i i I think this is really good for the people good times thank you very much i'm sure we'll see joe again here soon uh this is the bomb diary part two of joe Allenese, episode two thank you very much for listening goodbye